0: Welcome to Old Dog New Tricks. Everyone has heard this saying before, but today we are going to put that theory to the test. My co-host John and I today are focusing on ETFs and what that means to investors when it comes to cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Because we've seen a lot of news on it recently. we got seven entrants into the space with BlackRock, Charles Schwab, Fidelity. Today, Franklin Templeton is now also coming in and saying they're making a spot Bitcoin ETF. So what does that mean and the history behind these uh, funds and what that means for people that are looking to get into crypto, All right? So how are we doing today, John?
1: Good. This is the old dog here, Austin. The old dog. Yeah. Coming in hot. And I, I, I like this topic. I, I do like this oh, uh, we go. topic. Oh, there Got him pumped up. It's interesting because I think the ETF for cryptocurrencies – is part of the struggle for legitimacy uh, to a broader population. And when I think about crypto as a guy who's been around for, let's just say more than 50 years, uh, hopefully with my eyes open and thinking, the first thing that comes to my mind is with regard to this struggle for legitimacy, is that if... I was one of the, if I happen to have been, one of the original really smart as heck geeks, not unlike you, who was involved in crypto and its creation. They were technically oriented people. Yeah, one of the sure. things that I would have augured for was to call it anything but crypto currency, because crypto means negative, crypto means somebody's gonna steal from me, crypto means nefarious, crypto means all things bad in the head and a head that's been on this planet for 50 years or more. So that to me is a significant marketing of the subject matter issue. If we had started off calling it digital currency, and just leave it at that. Glad <laughs> that. Digital digital currency. I think that would have been an early step toward legitimacy. So one of the challenges that we have is the marketing of cryptocurrency, Mm -hmm. the social acceptance of it, and some understanding of it, which is harder than a stop. The stuff's harder to understand than a stop. There's no doubt about it. And then it's harder to work with because platforms aren't necessarily user-friendly. And there's no one to
0: really custody it for you're used to as your generation and... The old dogs of the world are used to someone holding their money for them and like keeping their ducks in a row, whereas versus cryptocurrency natives are looking at now it's I own all of it, I control it, and it and it does add more risk to someone who isn't savvy with it. So
1: Right. And then add that to point. that the OWGs, the fifty plus people have to end up with keeping it in a hard wallet. And all that (laughs) implies for mind-twisting for uh, my group. (laughs) Hurdles. (laughs) Yes, and I, I joke about it. We joke about it, but that's a real thing. It's frightening. For sure and it is frightening when you're a person who's used to having control and is does have control within the domain of what they've done with regard to their financial management control we can't control where the stock market goes but we can control yeah. our decisions and we probably our risk won't portfolio in, and our risk a profile a risk portfolio or just the plain simple experience of being in front of your computer and you're working with regard in on a particular crypto transaction yeah. and it doesn't behave the same way as what you're accustomed to, right? Sure. Yeah, it is necessary. yeah. A matter of fact, I'll give you a good example in parallel historically of what I'm trying to get at with this idea of don't call it crypto, particularly to the people 50 plus, call it digital currency. That's more acceptable. It's easier to take. It's easier to digest. A company that was, I think, brilliant and had some success with this in the 1970s was a very little known company that distinguished itself from its competitors by calling itself Apple computer, Apple, right? Not data general, not Microsoft, not, I could go on with a list of all those early competitors. They call themselves Apple because people could understand, okay, I'm a little, I'm comfortable with my Apple metal box that I don't fully understand. It will be nicer to me. Right, yeah, it's the same thing a little bit. I think it is a marketing. Uh, well, they uh, focused pro-
0: on user UI and making it ease of use, in, and probably the reason that they are so successful is still that they really pride themselves on just making it easier for the the person to use. Anyone can pick it up and use it, whereas crypto in general just has a horrible UI experience, just because we're just too it's too new. Like it's a giant infrastructure that. Needs to, you know, it has to take a lot of time for someone to develop that awesome UI. That look at computers too. Like they right off the bat, it was it wasn't graphical interfaces. It was command line and green writing. You type in your prompt and something comes up. It's much, and it took years. It took the average. You wouldn't say a good UI didn't appear until what, like thirty years after the computer was like invented. Like at yes, the that's probably stage. about right. So right now, crypto's at what, 14 years since its birth. So it's definitely something that we've made strides in those fields, but it's still something that is very new, right? And people need to be comfortable with it. Yeah. Or I, learn about it to be comfortable.
1: With. I think that's a sagacious comment on your part, given your age, the patience and thoughtfulness of knowing that this is going to take some time. And this isn't a new experience, the sort of the quest for legitimacy. The first mutual fund in the US came into being sometime in the 1920s as a method of diversifying risk and providing an opportunity for less well-heeled investors to participate in the stock market. But it was it was met with oh this is hucksterism this is who's going to manage these things where's my where are my stock certificates really going to be is some guy going to have a big basket of them somewhere dividends. where I like, can't how find do I them know where they're going to right. be exactly um, and what are I'm,
0: I'm taking on here
1: yeah that was true up through even beyond the Second World War now what started happening after the Second World War is we and you probably appreciate this at your age. We didn't really have a middle class, a substantial middle class before the Second World War. There was no concept of retirement. You worked till you died because we didn't really have the accumulated wealth that allowed for it. But what happened after World War II is that the U.S. was essentially the only game in town as a source for buying things. Japan's manufacturing base had been destroyed. Germany's had been beat up pretty good or we weren't participating with that. And so it allowed for a middle class to form that had some wealth, not well-heeled wealth, but more of the masses had some. And therefore, it would support the idea of mutual funds and participation in the stock market. And not to belabor it, but it's interesting because what happened, I think we probably have over like 10,000 mutual funds now of different yeah. stripes. But the the way the ETF came into being is that as more and more people became involved in trading stocks, mutual funds don't, aren't conducive to that. They price what once a day at the end of the at the end of the day. So if you're a trader, you say, "Hey, I gotta know what the price is in this microsecond." <laughs> Are you kidding me?
0: Can't I only think in
1: the, in the minutes. Yeah. Uh, now there's one I think is going to go bad, so I want to short it. You can't short yeah. a mutual fund. Yeah. We can't have that. <laughs> so things like those dynamics gave birth to the, the ETF con- concept, of trading like a stock.
0: So, so anyone doesn't really know exactly, uh, ETF is just an exchange-traded fund, and it's a pooled investment security that kind of operates like a mutual fund like you're talking about. Um, so they usually track like a specific index or commodity. So this case, we're, this one's trying, going to be tracking Bitcoin, right? So this is the your commodity essentially, and kind of comparison of, of these things is the first gold ETF was structured in 2004 when the price of gold was around 360 dollars, right? From now till from then till now is a really a substantial increase since that day and. There's never been a, realistically, there hasn't been a time where there's been a lot of, of a drop on the gold price comparatively to its previous non-ETF existence of solid gold bars, hard to interact, hard to trade versus the paper version of it. It's stored somewhere. It is it, backed by a electronic data that says, this is how much gold we have. You made a great parallel in a previous episode about how Spain was... Very reluctant to not trade in the actual gold through ships trading and stuff like that. And what was it? Was it the?
1: What happened there was that countries like uh, England in particular and and France started to adopt more advanced methods of financial transactions than than gold. So. Letters of credit exchanged with vendors from uh, Asia to go ahead and continue the movement of goods is much more efficient than a Spanish galleon physically delivering gold to that vendor, assuming it makes it. And here's your gold. Give me the products and I'll take them back. And Spain was just slow to get off the mark there and to abandon that until they found that they seemed to have more and more of their gold at the bottom of the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nobody will insure this. <laughs> we'll, we'll fill
0: our wooden ship with thousands of pounds of gold, and then hope we don't hit a storm. And uh, right, let's not play neat, ni- play nice with Mother Nature. Right?
1: Yeah. You reminded me of this might be a, a worthwhile minute and a half digression. It's just so perfect. So, do you know where? And tell, correct me, or tell me if uh, this uh, word is verboden on the podcast. But do you know where the name, the word, shit came from? You're going to love this. <laughs> During those old days of the Spanish galleons, as they're out on the ocean, um, they also took livestock with them, right? For food and all for, also for trade. And so it turns out that the fecal material from livestock, when it mixes with salt water in the bilge, forms methane gas and can explode. We had some <laughs> ship sinking. The word ship is an, is, an, is an acronym for store high in transit. And the fecal material, which would ultimately be used for fertilizer and other resources, was quickly removed from the salt watery bilges yeah, well, and yeah. stored up high in transit so as not to explode. And that is the derivation <laughs> of the word ship. So you, awesome. had, you had you bags of shit and gold in the Spanish galleons. <laughs> wow. What a regal life. That's <laughs> very. That sounds great. Let's yeah, start,
0: yeah. it, start it up. So but after back our from... little history lesson. Yeah. All right. We got the old dog going on history lessons. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so what are your thoughts on someone who has experienced these things before and how you've seen them come to fruition? What are your thoughts on like a crypto traded ETF? Like what it. P- positive, negative thoughts on, on something like this?
1: You bet. Positive is, I think it helps go to go in the direction of legitimizing digital currency. For- and I think it also goes in the direction of mitigating the trepidation and fear that the OWGs, the 50 plus group, have when they think of crypto or digital currency. The The negatives... They're really just questions that run through my mind. They're the same questions that would run through my mind, really, if I was contemplating the purchase of any ETF. Yeah. Okay. Because it's just a basket of stocks, right? It's what an exactly. ETF is that trades like a stock, simply put. What I would want to know, therefore, is I want to know one, what is the mm, financial economic health of each one of those individual digital currencies that compose the ETF, I want to know who's managing that ETF and the extent to which they have the kind of detailed knowledge about digital currency that I've seen from you and your peers that know, that quotes, know what they're doing with regard to analyzing the health and being of a particular digital currency. Now, these big players that are coming in and introducing their ETFs, these are big, wealthy companies with relatively inexhaustible resources, uh, but they're still subject to their own management decisions, and they're subject to their Mm -hmm. own egos. I'm hopeful that the ETFs that are offered are backed by a team of... Individuals that understand the digital currency industry and are very careful in their picks of the digital currencies that compose the ETF, and then I want to see that they stay on top of the management of that ETF, and I all I want all of that for a reasonable fee. Hmm? Sure. So those are the I think those are the important things that run through my mind when I look at this, and, and because I want to see digital currency, legitimized also. And ultimately that legitimizing is going to come not from the government and its regulatory decisions, although that's very important, but it's going to come from the general population that's motivated enough and interested enough that they want to participate. And they're going to push back on their government representatives to, hey, this they're is done. good stuff. This has value to me in my daily living for this, that, and the other reason. And I want you to support it because that's where you guys want to end up, right? Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you want the elected representatives, the rule makers to say, my contingent back home is getting more and more positive about this stuff. I just can't ignore them. I can't just vote no. I can't. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, right. and
0: I think that's a great point. And I just thought of as, as a topic. There is we always, I would say, is a, a value a core of the uh, United States is separating like church and state and not having that override or whatever. For digital crypto users, it's more like I want to separate value from state. I want to be able to have something that is doesn't really like always be at your whims, like you, you added money to the system, you've created this high inflationary period. And yes, it might have might have been bad if they didn't or whatever. It's a tough decision. I'm not touting them as a problem there. But if there was not a way to really change that system, and you had a just a constantly uh, unobjective distribution of money, versus the constant swing and ebb and flow of quantity of tightening and easing i think that it i think better decisions would be made at a government level right i think that and i and that may maybe a, a very wishful thought but i think that's something where i think that the that is the what i think the value of cryptocurrency really is right the ability to be sovereign from your government's choices regardless of what they are and have something where the it's becoming a it's becoming a, a larger topic on that theme, I think too, because we've seen a lot of candidates on the presidential side saying they're pro or or against crypto, both sides obviously. But I think it's gonna be a political statement more and more as we get further down this road of we're at thirty two point eight trillion deficit. What is the fiscal responsibility to correct this versus something like we have something that doesn't go into deficit, period, and is able to be used by the entire world. I do think that there's a lot of really big questions that can come from this. And, and with the trust of large companies, like we said, there was a lot of these companies are are coming into it. We have what was it, seven companies? Let me just read them off here. BlackRock with 10 million or sorry, 10 trillion assets under management, Fidelity 4.2, Investco 1.5 Wisdom Tree see was at 87 billion Valkyrie 1 trillion and now Franklin Templeton coming in with 1.5 trillion that's a total of 17.5 trillion dollars worth of assets under management that they are pretty much saying we find this commodity valuable and that's a huge that's a large percentage of just assets under management in the United States for sure that's a they have a the largest reach and if they're giving it the go ahead and saying, yeah, we find value here. It's give, It's been tried and tr- tested enough to us to put our stamp of approval on it. And we are going to deem it necessary or not necessary, but just in our best interest to push it along or not push it along, but just focus on it and be in, has enough value for us to put the risk on to hold these assets for the public, just the way they have held other ETFs and other mutual funds now if people looking to expose 1% of their portfolio to this new asset, it's giving them a lot more trust, right?
1: Yes. And I think that we have to try to keep to some degree separate our impressive national debt, our spending habits, the problems with them, and our financial status at at this point in in time – in this country, uh, other many European countries are same situation or worse. Just, yeah, just as bad. Or- and that's unfortunate. We hope that changes. We shall see, et cetera. Uh, and I see that as a separate, enormous and complicated matter from digital currency and trying to keep that simple and being able to say to a representative, this is useful to me. I, I matter of fact... I just bought a scooter from somebody in small town in Germany. The transaction took a microsecond. I'm happy they're happy. And that's helpful to me in my daily life. And I see that's true for others and a growing number of, uh, uh, of people. It's also consistent with the American way, right? Independence. <laughs> and yeah, if sure. you're on the Republican side, smaller government, leave me alone kind of thing. Now, you, we're going to get the regulations because taxation is going to be involved. And there's, the government has an interest in a currency sure. that arguably is going to be competing with its currency. No doubt about yeah. it. But I think there's room for both. I think there's certainly at this point in history, and there's room for arguments to elected representatives that we want you to be favorably inclined when you go to your decision-making body. That's uh, our local lobbying. We keep you in office. That's all the real under underbelly stuff of getting decisions made and controlling regulation. There's lobbying to the government as well, too, of course, and big Operators, like the ones you just mentioned, have those connections and such, but ultimately, I think the real or a real and significant push comes from the population itself, its acceptance and its desire to have have more of it. What I find will be an interesting question and a very important one I think Austin, is that assuming that these ETFs get uh, an initial uh, foothold, one 's going to need to be able to understand them and their trades and their changes in the basket of those digital currencies over time. So these companies, the question in my mind is, what kind of reporting are they going to offer? What kind of transparency are they going to offer for these particular ETFs? For a conventional ETF that has publicly traded companies in the basket of goodies, you can take uh, any one of those publicly tra- traded companies. And you can look at the 10 K's and those other reports you have access to like in a second, right? And assuming the accounting is legit, which most of the time it's pretty much is, it can help you make educated decisions. Is it is a perfect world? No. Is there manipulation? Yes. But you can, you have something that you can sink your teeth into and sure. ha- at least come out of the other end with, I feel pretty confident about my Analysis and it helps make a decision about holding the CTF or selling it or shorting it, or as the case yeah. may be.
0: And um, one great thing that just from you saying that is no matter what, if they have to hold the spot underlying currency, all of that will be on chain. So you can get real time information instantly and always. That's the beauty of of cryptocurrency, right? You're saying you got to wait for the 10K and other reporting financials. But realistically, if it actually is what they're saying it is going to be, the ones that are going to be the most successful in these ETFs are the ones that have, here's all of our wallets that we hold for Bitcoin. And these are the, we're all in multi-sig, multiple wallets spread out over here. These are all the ones that the ETF controls, right? So now we can see in real time what they're doing, making their moves. And as this one is, this one will only be Bitcoin to start with, right? These are not going to be like a basket yet, right? So as time, someone is already trying to do Ethereum as well. As it goes forward from here, what are the makeups going to be? We have one that's Bitcoin and uh, Ethereum. There's the top 10 cryptocurrencies might be available in five years from now, which is probably likely as the snowball effect of one getting approved. Why wouldn't the other ones get approved? there's a lot of of parts there but as the start of it one of the best features of cryptocurrency is just the transparency that is what comes with it for that side is this company now control say they control one trillion dollars worth of bitcoin guess what i can go to that address and see exactly how much is there and if they're saying there's a discrepancy they will be found out instantly because there's discrepancy you can't have that you can't have the fumbling of numbers on a blockchain because that money has moved somewhere if there is fumbling and you can see that in real time and you can put a notification on when this this wallet transact you can see it happen that's a huge that's a huge benefit like why are you sending 1 billion dollars worth of bitcoin to coinbase right now like what why would you just do that there's that is a real thing that can happen instantaneously That's the beauty of it, right? So you're looking for real-time data. There isn't a better financial market that has up-to-date real-time data. That's the beauty of it.
1: Yes. And now you remind me, just in listening to that, of a a really important area and set of questions for the uh, ETFs and the basket of digital currencies that they have within their particular ETF because there is the opportunity because I've learned from you, there's the opportunity for staking and there's the opportunity, say in the case of Bitcoin for lending. So there's the opportunity sure. to generate income, but at the same time, the way in which you generate in, income uh, increases the risk through contract risk. Right. For sure. And so the, uh, the 50 plus groups got to understand what all that means. Right. But essentially it's, you can have a crypto and that you have the opportunity a, a digital currency sorry you have the opportunity for it to appreciate in value in part because its inflationary characteristics are controlled mathematically if you will if they are for sure if they are mm-hmm. bitcoin having and so that's appreciation and you have the opportunity to generate un- income from those holdings And that's significant as well. And people will be looking for some combination of both. And as ETFs involve you in the conventional ETF world, we have ETFs that are specifically targeted toward income, that are specifically targeted toward growth, as well as certain sectors, Mm -hmm. national, international, et cetera, and so on. But the way income is generated in digital currencies is through staking and loaning, which you know a lot more about the details of that than I do. But being able to track those decisions, which goes into your overall confidence level about a particular about about a particular digital currency and its management with regard to those decisions is really important. Because, for example, if I was let's just t- turn this into a theoretical example, I hold an ETF and it's sure. got. Uh, X number of digital currencies, and I'm watching the staking and borrowing decisions and, and trading decisions of the managers. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm not feeling so good about them, so much so that I think that this ETF six months from now is going to be worth less. There's my short opportunity, uh, exit opportunity or short opportunity, just depending on who you are. But that's a an interesting area that'll have to be developed and legitimized and People have to understand it, have confidence in it, so
0: on. 100%. And we talked about the, he mentioned staking and lending and borrowing, it's like that. We covered that in a couple of episodes previously. So if you are interested in that, checking out, I think it is number, episode nine. And then I believe another one is episode four. So those are ones that are specifically talking about staking, lending, and yield generation of off of these assets. But yeah, for Bitcoin and through what an ETF spot ETF is going to be their purpose, I would say there's probably going to be allowed zero uh, exposure. These aren't going to be cold storage to the max Bitcoin that just sits there and it's pure price appreciation is my thought process on these. Just because we have... Just in the general public view, we have such bad eyes or just like current standing with the, the general public with the generation of yield from crypto. Like most, I would say it really isn't actually crypto in general that's doing that or digital currency that's actually causing these problems, but the bad actors that had made a bad name for Sam, crypto. Sammy. <laughs> SPF, you son gosh, of a Gosh, our favorite sociopath.
1: <laughs> My gosh. What a
0: shame. There's... Yeah, there's definitely a lot of there's and he wasn't just the only one. I know, I know. He was just so spectacular. He was using customer funds, but there was on the other side of that, there was Genesis who was lending Bitcoin. There was like four of them. They're all got block five. But hey, let me
1: tell you, you if you want for the old for the OWGs, if you wanted to make up the archetype, the archetypical (laughs) snidey whiplash bad guy, (laughs) it would definitely be Sammy because he even looks like a good guy. Right, yeah. and just Looks, yeah, eat, just a uh, vegetarian, What's vegan this?
0: cucumbers. This guy is so oh nice. Gosh. Like, oh my god! Now he's the biggest so- sociopath. Uh,
1: <laughs> what? But that's yeah. another topic. That's but, another topic. But, uh, it's it, for sure, but we're going on that rabbit hole. We don't no, no, that. no, we're not. We're not. But it, it is a you know, it, it kind of exacerbates the marketing the and acceptance right. process issue.
0: Just set us back probably a good three four years I think yeah, personally. I, yeah, you know. it's
1: probably a good, pretty good guess. Yeah,
0: we've come to the time to wrap it up. With this is a ongoing process. The there is four deadlines that they have to have approval. They can keep delaying, which I'm sure the SEC will do. The last final deadline that has to be stated is for BlackRock, which is the first applica- uh, uh application that came in is January 11th, I believe, of 2024. So that is the final date that C has to say yes or no. They've already postponed it once for BlackRock and once for every other one that applied. And I really don't see them giving any leeway because they are very against cryptocurrency as it currently stands, I think, because they won't give us any regulation or won't it give us any framework and are constantly just trying to sue people, even though they're 0 and 2 against crypto companies, which is interesting, to say the least, that we're, as a public entity, that they can't even choose lawsuits that they can ironclad win, which, whatever. I definitely think that we will get something very early in the beginning of the year, which coincides greatly with the halving event of Bitcoin in April of 2024. So ETF approved January through February. I think the last date is March for the last one besides the one for today. I think that will be obviously delayed probably like another six months from that. First one is January. Last one of the first six that applied is in March right before having an event happens, which to me screams excellent time to accumulate. So
1: I'm going to cross fingers. I hope it happens. I hope it happens from out of, intellectual interest and also the recognition that if they let it happen, then the financial world and the crypto world will learn some things from the creation of the ETFs and trading them and dealing with them that will have value for the future. So I hope it happens for that that reason I think it'd be a good thing and if it works out it does diversify risk and it does give people who wouldn't otherwise participate in this particular start to say security. like I I'm, I'm I don't participate right. I don't
0: participate in all in like stocks and I don't right. really have a desire to because I feel like it's overly not just regulated but overly there's too many requirements for me to get into that space right like I yes. have to have these requirements I have to I have to be a uh, meet the qualifications of what I, they deem to be a trade, have the profile risks of a trader or whatever Yeah. versus you have $100, you can buy cr- any cryptocurrency you want. It doesn't matter what it is. So there's a wild difference between these things and uh, giving leeway into that. So that might be the bridge that actually gets me over to that side if I can learn about it on the ETF side and get exposure through there just because it's something I would enjoy or learn about because it brings cryptocurrency to the younger people. And it brings cryptocurrency to the older generation and it, and it brings stocks and all of that stuff and how those function to the younger, right?
1: That, that's a great reason for the companies to be highly motivated to, to do it. I'm thinking yeah. of Harley Davidson's problem is they had a boatload of clients, customers, but they're all aging and dying, so they got to get young people on motorcycles, right? Yeah. Same problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> got to get but, you, you know, involved. The, there, there was a great poll that was uh, stating in the so Zoomers, which is 20, I think it's like 25 and younger at these current age limits. What is your interest in cryptocurrency versus traditional stocks? And 70, I think it was like 70% said they were more interested in cryptocurrency. Right. Interesting. There is a younger generation inherently is more comfortable, I think, with the Internet born trustless mathematical approach versus the there's 40 guys in suits controlling the entirety of it is in the back end in the back rooms versus math. I think that kind of plays in a big part. So, yeah, We'll see.
1: I just like to see it as a legitimized asset category because sure. owning digital currency as part of a portfolio, I'd like to see it, uh, us get to the point where that could be a, a good thing and a thing worth doing and in the same way that other parts of your portfolio are uh, owning companies that produce consumer goods or owning companies that provide banking services sure. or, or whatever. I'd be very happy if we got to something like that level of, of legitimacy of it. And maybe these larger companies... We'll have the approach and be able to cobble together the resources of good decision makers to get it done. We'll see.
0: Very good. So we'll wrap it up there. I know we said we were going to wrap it up like six minutes ago and we continue <laughs> on because we got some good information. But whatever. We're going to try to make these a little bit more regular. We did a little, have a little hiatus for the summer. Summer uh, break. Me, me and John were out partying, going on <laughs> vacations, having a good time. I had another grandbaby. Yeah, exactly. More of a grandfather, and Mm. my kids are three and five now, so we're we're full, we're hands full situation, all hands on deck situation (laughs) around our around my parts. But yeah, we're gonna try to focus on these a little bit more. I we've got uh, a lot of good information, I think, and we have a great blending of. Of wisdom between the two of us, I believe. I think we. Yeah, uh, I always feel good, it's
1: good when at least 20% of what you say, I still don't understand. I know yeah, I'm in good yeah. company. At least uh, that's pretty high. I need to pump those well, numbers, I think. Actually, I think that's a little bit sanguinary. <laughs> I think it might be more in like the 60. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but all right, everyone have a
0: great, great time. Great, enjoy it. We always enjoy making these two. So, super. Uh, yeah, they're fun. If anyone has any feedback, reach out to me on Twitter, crypto underscore crier john you can i'll relay any messages to john through uh handwritten mail thanks for and that i'll just send a <laughs> uh, yeah
1: pigeon i'll look for the pigeon pigeons. i'll send out a
0: carrier pigeon <laughs> and we'll get it done in the and six to ten business weeks so. <laughs> there we
1: go
0: <laughs> uh, it was good to see uh, you again okay.
1: austin good to see.
0: You. take care and wait